0: All right, um, so let's let's get into it, Derek. You are here for another episode of Your List, My Command, and this was, if I'm remembering correctly, um, this is a movie that you chose for me. So tell the people what did you what did you choose for me to watch? Uh,
1: we are watching, or we just watched. I think it's 1996's uh, Bottle Rocket, uh, yeah. which essentially was me just closing my eyes and just picking <laughs> a movie it's, it's a box.
0: it's a perfect double feature with the last movie we did mirror uh by oh yeah Tarkovsky. Absolutely. Just, it i mean just what else would you possibly watch
1: A movie after you also that. have to study for, for hours, before, <laughs> yes. during, and after, just to understand what the fuck is going on.
0: <laughs> Definitely. So tell me, Derek, um, did you, had you seen this before, or was this a first-time watch for you as well?
1: Uh, first-time watch, uh, so you oh, know, we okay. two, two back-to-backs for that. Um, it was a film I was somewhat familiar with. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen a handful of, of Wes Anderson's films, especially when I was, uh, probably in my early twenties. I feel like Wes Anderson's one of those directors where if you're into movies at at all, um, that it's kind of hip to watch around that period. uh, Oh, especially then. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah, Uh absolutely. Like that early two thousands, you know, I'm going to knock off like, um, Life Aquatic or Royal Tenenbaums, things of that nature. But I hadn't seen this one. Right. And uh-huh. hadn't had the opportunity. And, and, you know, I knew a little bit about the film itself. And I thought, actually, even after blindly picking it, um, that it would be really interesting to kind of get your perspective on a film that I that I honestly think we can we can kind of break this down a little bit that I honestly believe um, is a perfect encapsulation of the mid 90s close to late 90s um late adolescent early 20 something uh reality and mm. um <laughs> it's it, it kind of, and, and kind of stick with me a little bit on this. I had just recently watched uh, i think it 's the the ringer produced along with h b o uh the woodstock ninety nine documentary mm-hmm. and uh one of the the underlying kind of thematic discussions throughout was this idea that uh adolescence uh in that particular period or early uh adulthood in that period you know it was kind of just a culture that, uh, especially for, for young white men, that was really about a level of anxiousness and um, uh, angst, maybe even anger, um, but with no real rationale or cause for no sex, reason, right? like no real reason, right? <laughs> you're a middle class
0: white boy. What could possibly be going
1: wrong for you? It's fine. So in my exactly so in my watch of this, that was something that was kind of hmm. inescapable for me. Was you know uh, Owen and Luke Wilson. Um, I'm trying to remember their names. Anthony and Dignan. Owen, Dignan, right? Um, it's never really explained. Their rationale for these, you know, the series of heists right. right that they just, you know, that Dignan just has to go on, that he has to kind of figure out how to explore. And I was like, oh, that actually really makes a lot of sense. They don't, you know, that they may very easily come from this middle class America. It looks like they do, upper middle class even. Yeah. So why, other than just wanting fun, would you have such an innate desire, right, to want mm-hmm. to do these things? And as it pertains to you, right? Like you would be. You in, white man. <laughs> you white man uh, of the 90s who would have been late teens, early 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, you predate me a little bit, you know, by a couple of years. Uh, how, you know, I know this was your first watch, right? How uh, did this movie play for you? Did, did it have any um, connected dots to, you know, some of those cultural experiences of the 90s at
0: all? Interesting. Let me think about that before. Yeah, I that answer, one's
1: a—that's a loaded yeah, question. There. Yeah,
0: yeah. But before I answer that, I also kind of want to talk about both of our, you know, our opinions of Anderson because this is, you know, Wes Anderson's sure. like his coming out party, right? This is—it didn't make any money, but like this was backed. Like Scorsese called it one of his top ten favorite movies of the 1990s, so that that has some cachet to it. Well, we already know
1: you love it, then. we, well, we already know you. <laughs>
0: Let's let's pump the brakes. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good bet. Most things that most things that Scorsese says and does are correct. Um, that's why Marvel sucks. Uh, there we so, go. That's uh, what I was waiting for. I, couldn't, I couldn't let it go. Um,
1: it, was, it was coming anyway.
0: So, um, so Wes Anderson is maybe the most hit and miss director working for me today. There's some stuff that I just absolutely love, and some stuff not that I hate, but that I just find myself kind of turned off by and just kind of bored hmm. by like, I, I mean, I think the Royal Bombs is great. I think the life aquatic is maybe the movie I have been most disappointed by, like in my theater going experience ever. Um, not that it's a terrible movie, but I had very, very high expectations for it. Sure. Um, and it just didn't work out for me. Um, and you know, he did, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie he did that was set in India. Um, also oh. with Owen Wilson. Uh, but that movie really rubbed me the wrong way because it was like three white guys like mm. touristing through India. Isn't and that just, every one
1: of his movies? Uh, three, kind of. White
0: <laughs> well, but this one in, a, in an international locale, just being like, isn't it great here? Look at how pretty it is here. Like, it's just like very touristy and like, you know, just taking a look at the exoticness of this place hmm. and the people without actually delving into the people and their actual experiences. It's just like a literal tourism through India uh, from Wes Anderson. Um, But then he's got, I mean, I'm trying to remember what was the, what was the gigantic movie that he made like three or four years ago? It got like nominated for Oscars. The the one set in the hotel. Um, God, Drawing a blank
1: on it. I I just can't remember the name of the film itself. Thankfully. Yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand,
0: Grand Budapest Hotel. Really, really good. Really enjoyed that. Then he made Isle of Dogs, which also got, like, kind of some backlash for kind of that same kind of idea of just being a tourist through Japanese culture. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. So very up and down. And I found myself watching this movie and thinking, like, yeah, you can see the seeds of who Wes Anderson will become. But, like, I kind of like this version better than the version he became. Like, it's, mm. it's a little more fun. Um, it's not as quirky. Um, it's probably my favorite Luke Wilson performance, which, granted, is not the highest of bars. But I think this movie and this director really capture what is good about him. There's this, like, he's got, you know, he's a good-looking guy, but he's also very awkward. And But that interaction, you know, with the, with the housekeeper in this movie, I think comes off very sweet when it could come off like, very ugly and, like, almost, like, borderline abusive. Like, this woman who doesn't speak the language and he's just, like, pushing his way into her life. kind of,
1: kind of starts out that way. With it the, does. The following like a, her. Th- like I'm watching it room. and I'm, like,
0: I just walk around in his bathrobe, just walking through these rooms like, oh, God. But because Anderson chooses in those moments also to focus on her and her reactions, you see that for whatever goddamn reason she is, you know, she's charmed. By this yep. dumb white man. So, like, okay, she's into this. It's fine. So I can I can get behind this relationship. And that stuff really works. And you bring up a, a good point that I didn't really think about. Um, this idea of this middle class malaise, right? This idea of these like, you know, seemingly pretty well-to-do kids. You know, they're probably in their early 20s and... You know, they've been in the quote unquote nut house for exhaustion, which is like, which is the ultimate, like, oh, I don't, I don't really have a problem. I'm the just worried like, whale. I just, yeah. Exactly. Oh, no. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The worried whale. So I think it's a really smart decision not to focus on why they're there and their experiences there. Cause I think if you do, I think I, as an audience member, are like, man, fuck these guys. Like, they, exactly. No. So yeah. you just focus on the silliness that comes on the outside of it. And I think it ends up working because of that. But no, I didn't have any moments where I was like, which I think is what you're getting at, where I'm like, yeah, I really relate to these guys. <laughs> this would have been me no. in 1996. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And it's interesting you bring up, you know, Woodstock, Woodstock 99. I guess that's gotten a, bu- a lot of publicity lately because there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of sexual assault that was happening at Woodstock 99. And I've seen a lot of... Um, female reviewers and critics kind of watch this and be like, kind of really triggered by watching this. Like, oh, shit. And this is something we just kind of accepted. It wasn't something that we're like, this is terrible. Oh, my God, back then. Right. But now we look at it that way. But I remember watching clips of Woodstock 99 on MTV News. uh, That's how old I am. um, And thinking, like, even because I was was 20 in 99. And even then, at 20, thinking like, uh, God, these fucking idiots. I just... (laughs) I want no part of this nonsense like i don't mm-hmm. i was mm-hmm. not i was not the person who was like oh i can't believe phobo i can't believe i'm missing out on woodstock 99 i'm like yeah it's a lot of mud uh not interested in that that just looks very outdoorsy i don't like any of that. Uh, Is that
1: when you decided to rip your new metal posters off the wall <laughs> said i'm i'm done now kid rock no i more. <laughs> don't
0: i don't think i had any posters i was you know like every white kid Around that age, uh, into Lip Biscuit. I think every white kid mm. was you know. That's that was our that was our lane. Uh but no, not to the point where I was like going to see them live and having posters on the ceiling or anything like that. None of that stuff. So no, I didn't really relate to the movie in that way, but I was very struck by You know, a lot of reviewers, of course, you know, anytime there's a heist around this time, they're going to mention Tarantino and Reservoir Dogs, because especially if you're talking about independent film of the 90s, I mean, that was the big one. And that, for me, was an important one. That was kind of my introduction to independent film was Reservoir Dogs. Um, Seeing that in a, you know, a local, like, small theater was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that movies like this existed, because before that, I just watched, you know, big releases, and you didn't know what... These movies could be. So, yeah, there's some of that there in that kind of like, we're not going to explain how they got here really. We're just going to kind of jump into it and it's a big heist. And, you know, there's a character who's kind of a wild card. You're not sure if you could trust him. Uh, obviously, Owen Wilson's character. Also, like, I thought of not only how Wes Anderson's career could have been different, but his as well, Owen Wilson. Because he yeah. he ended up being like kind of the it's like nice guy cinema you know like just you know well meaning lots of comedies like you know whether you're talking about Wedding Crashers or you're talking about Zoolander you know but there's especially at the end of this movie with the way he kind of looks back like there's some darkness to it's this portrayal it's
1: unnerving it, it's odd because it's kind of disappointing to think yeah, about how his career went. After, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, you know, for years, I often thought of the two of them as a, a situation where you would think, just looking at their profiles, their headshots, like, oh, Luke Wilson should be a star. Yes. Right? Like, he's, he's, in a lot of ways, like, classically good-looking in a way that
0: Owen's not. Really? really? He's got, right? got a weird nose and a weird yeah. haircut. and let's Absolutely.
1: <laughs> but, you know, you watch this particular film, and you see... Kind of why Luke Wilson is the Robin in some ways, right? And maybe it's the, the the actual, you know, the writing of both of the roles. But I thought Owen Wilson's character was awesome, right? I thought yeah. it, every, everything, it, so much uh, power and charisma uh, in every scene that he's in. You, and with minimal dialogue,
0: like he doesn't oh, have yeah, to spout absolutely. off a long time. He just kind of shows up and he like, he has this weird ability to like wink at the camera without winking. Like he has that glint in his yeah. eye where you're just like, there's something up there and I want to watch it. Shouldn't
1: that he guy. have had like a Keanu Reeves kind of, or like a, even like the, with, McConaughey's McConaissance like he should have had a particular trajectory um in which you throw his name out and like everybody knows who he is whether you enjoy his films or not everyone has seen at least a handful I'd I would wager to say I know plenty of people uh that are just casual film goers who don't really know who Owen Wilson is at all right, right. um going back to you know something you had had mentioned in particular about you know the idea that we don't really need the backstory. um and it, you know, relating it to some of the questions that I had about, you know, the, the culture of the time, I agree with this very idea that if you explain it, if you break that down in a particular film where a lot of stuff really isn't broken down, you know, we don't really understand, you know, James Con's character really and his true, it, he's just there and he's fucking Except and, that
0: he fucking rules, that's like, and Yeah, you and know. he knows karate, kind of, but not really. <laughs> Is that you sequence look like
1: <laughs> The, at the um, country club, where he grabs um, the older brother's uh, mm. like arm or whatever, and he says, like, yeah,
0: hey Guys, Bob, fancy seeing you here.
1: The rest of the gang.
0: Yeah.
1: Hi, John Maplethorpe. Uh, Hi. Good morning, nice to meet you. John Maplethorpe. Applejack. Applejack, nice to meet you. John Maplethorpe. John, great pleasure to meet you. And your name is. Uh, Jackson said you told him I ran away from home, Jack. Yeah, I might have mentioned it. <laughs> Jack, I'm 26 years old. I didn't run away from home. Oh, that's right. You're on that top-secret mission. I'm sorry. I forgot I wasn't supposed to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'd just appreciate it if you didn't run around telling everybody lies about me. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. I know you have a reputation to uphold. Won't happen again. (laughs) Jonathan. Yeah.
0: You know, Jonathan world need dreamers excuse me no i don't think so
1: <laughs> you know john one day i believe that you're going to wake up and realize you no longer have a
0: brother and you no longer have any friends and on that day i'm going to be standing front and center just laughing my fucking head off <laughs> hey john <laughs> hey john hey yeah ow ow Hot. Oh, man,
1: I'm just messing yeah. with my brother. Okay. Are we okay here? Okay, 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 okay. I hope this doesn't offend you, Bob, but your brother's a cocksucker. I no, you? Uh, no, that didn't offend me. Okay, good. <laughs> right? Like that, that, to me, that was like, like slapping knee funny because yes. he does that, which is supposed to be silly. It's supposed to kind of denote that he doesn't really know karate, but that it still is effective in disarming Great. this guy, right? Was, was like perfectly done. Um, but in this film, you, you don't need those explanations because if you do get them, I do think it makes the characters somewhat unlikable. Essentially,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then you really start to question the the purity of the film, and I think it is a very like pure, sweet kind of yeah. relationship building narrative in which you do care about. I think it's Inez. I, I, I think that's her her name. Uh, Inez. Uh-huh. Inez. You do care about her relationship with Luke Wilson. I mean that that seems against where, all
0: odds somehow. Uh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's actually that I was sitting there thinking this might be one of my favorite little like mini montages to find someone because they're playing that from the, I think it's from the album forever changes by a band called love. I actually love that song, no Mm. pun intended. And I'd never really heard it in a film before. And so when they start playing it and he's looking for her and they break, you know, they go into that room that's most likely belonging to someone for the night and she goes back and she locks the door and they just have their moment It's incredibly sweet. And I think, you know, Scorsese, even in his uh, quick review of it, he kind of alludes to something about Wes Anderson's ability to kind of have these these relationships that are built and sweet and that are just observable experiences.
0: Yeah. One of the one of the quotes um, from Scorsese about this is he praised Anderson for his ability to convey the simple joys and interactions between people so well and with such richness uh, yes. Which, you know, and he's, of course, as per usual, absolutely mm. right. 100% um, correct. And it's it's amazing how efficient this movie is with its time. Um, it's not a long movie. It's just, just over an hour and a half. And yet, and even though you don't know the background of these characters, I think you feel like you know them and you know their friendship. You understand why they put up with each other and why all these guys put up with Dingdom, even though he's, you know... It's nuts and he does he does these crazy things and he's off he's kind of off you know in, in all directions and but also that that romantic relationship right even though it's I mean I mean the whole thing the whole romantic relationship is maybe 25 30 minutes of the movie at most um and yeah probably my favorite
1: part Honestly, yeah. they well, I think I think if you take, take this whole, out, I think yeah. if
0: you take this out, the movie doesn't work at all. He has to have something he's moving towards; otherwise, he's just like going along with his crazy friend's idea, and it's entertaining, but there's nothing lasting here.
1: Well, and the idea that there's not a level of malice uh, from Dingham's character about the right. relationship that's being built, right? Because that's that's shaky ground here, right? There are moments mm-hmm. in which you can see on his face uh, that he is annoyed by this. Essentially, to him, this Yoko... That, uh, you know, sure. that his, his friend is all of a sudden obsessed with and it. It's like, no, keep your eyes on the goal here. We've got, we've got 75 years worth of heists to complete. Don't fall <laughs> no, off that notebook. because of, oh of God. this, uh, of this, you know, random woman that you have now seen. He has those moments where he's like rolling his eyes. And I even thought when he gets back and doesn't explain that she's in love with him, I thought he was doing that on purpose. Mm, and I was like, no, I, I don't want that. I, I don't yeah. want there to be a, a, you know, I'm going to make sure that my friend, you know, falls in the path that we need to be damned about, you know, the true love that he's experiencing. I so much more prefer the fact that he's just an idiot. Right. Like right? right. that he just that's wasn't why, aware.
0: I mean, that's why you need that sequence much later in the film where he asks him, What did you think of her? Because he's still yes. thinking about her and he's still kind of like, Man, I, oh, I wish we wouldn't have left. I wish I would have stayed with her and figured out a way to do it. And then you get, you know, Owen Wilson's probably his best like, quiet moment of the movie. His best performance there, where he just starts talking about her, and is like, yeah, I think I think she was really nice, I think she was really sweet, she did this, she did that, blah blah blah. You know, except for that Rocky guy, he, hmm, that was weird, he said he loved you, and then you have that. And so it's a great moment where he's being very real, and also stupid, as per usual, like, not figuring this stuff out, and then Luke Wilson's character has the The light will go off. Oh my god! Like now, I have to track this woman down. And I also like the fact that they could have stretched that out. They could have stretched out the search for her. But it's like you know, it's at a party, and he starts just making phone calls, and it takes like five minutes, and then he finds her, and it's like, and this is you know, the lead lead into that is like, (laughs) I don't know the zip code, I don't know the area code, but I know the name of this hotel. Is that enough? And again, this is before Google and where you could just look stuff up. He's like calling an operator or on the just phone. call her cell phone, right, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, not not a possibility back then. I do find so. I really not a surprise. I did really like this movie, like more than I thought I was going to. I'm like
1: seven for seven. I mean, I don't really know what the score is, but you're man.
0: counting is a little off. I mean, your percentage 18 for is correct. 18. Yeah. We've got
1: seventy five years today. If it's fifty fine.
0: for fifty, it's fine. <laughs> um, so. I did find myself wondering, though, would this be a memorable movie if Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson didn't become who they became? Is this something that people would still watch? And my my hunch is no, because um, it is a very small—it's obviously made very cheaply, like you can tell. Sure. Like there's just, you know, it's like a guy and his buddies just running around with one camera and trying to figure it out. Um But because of that, it's almost more impressive um, how professional it ends up looking. Like, you know, you can tell by the end of the movie, I think Anderson's getting a little bored. He's like, yeah, let's do some more slow motion. Let's uh, let's throw that in there because, like, we can't just film this. We've been doing this the whole time. But there is some real skill both behind the camera and in front of the camera that you can see here. And Um, if you're
1: going to take those leaps and those opportunities to try different things – Right, like this. Now's we, the time. We know that he creates a career out of this, but he doesn't know he's going yeah, to. This might so be this my is, last shot. everything at the wall.
0: Yes, I mean this is you know this is Sam Raimi doing Evil Dead, where it's like okay, absolutely. Let's- you know, tree rape. Uh, sure. Let's go. Might as well, might as well go for it. Cause I'll never make another movie again. You just it's mentioned just...
1: the most traumatizing thing uh-huh. that I saw at the age of 12. But yeah. I I'm here for here you. Here come the nightmares. Yeah.
0: i here for you. Yes, absolutely. You ass. <laughs> um, but sometimes I, I get like leery of watching great directors in their first movies or their really early stuff. Cause you're like, ah oh, God, it's just going to be bad and it's going to be cheap. And I don't want to sully my image of this director. You know, and then sometimes you get, you know, Scorsese doing stuff like, you know, Mean Streets is not his first movie, but it's kind of like you know, that's where he turns the corner, but it's incredible I don't think this is on Mean Streets level, but I think it's like one step below that in terms of like early work from a director. I was shocked at how impressed I was by this, like, because there's stuff later in his career that I'm less impressed by than I am a bottle rocket.
1: I was gonna say so you you could essentially have the case where I want to stray away from seeing a director's first work because of the standard that I've already kind of placed on everything I've seen after the fact. Whereas with Wes Anderson, you know, like you said, for you, he's been very hit or miss in his career. So those expectations don't exist, right? Right. Like you kind of get to go into it well, like this is either going to be, you know, in my wheelhouse or not.
0: Sure. I mean, yes and no, as far as the expectations, because the highs are so high there's still, every time I see an Anderson movie, the expectations are still pretty high. Like, you look at... Okay, let's go through You got a Bottle Rocket, which just watched and I loved, really enjoyed. Rushmore, great. Fantastic movie. Royal Tenenbaums, very, very good. Life Aquatic, eh. Yeah. The Darjeeling Limited, which is the one I was trying to think of before. Uh, oh, no, that's actually... Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Darjeeling Limited. Not great. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, maybe the greatest animated film ever made. Um, I, am, really, really I am
1: blown away that that <laughs> is, uh, because I, I I, would have bet money that you would have hated that film.
0: No, oh no, I think it's the best thing he's ever done. Like, I, I think it's the best Wes Anderson movie. And then you got Moonrise Kingdom, eh, Grand Budapest Hotel, really, really good. Isle of Dogs, not so great. French Dispatch, I have not seen yet, that just came out this year. So, like, it's not just ups and downs, it's like, high, high peaks and deep deep valleys for me um but, so, you, but yet you still have expectations going yeah yeah like because i know that. i know every time i come to watch one of his movies it could be great like not just oh this is gonna be good like there's some directors where i watch it and I'm like oh this could be pretty good and you know so your expectations are tempered but still a little bit high whereas this sure. is like oh my god this is going to be great or terrible i don't know which one um so i'm glad this was closer to great than terrible
1: this is probably actually, um, my favorite Wes Anderson film, honestly, mm. because I, I, you know, I know he does have these highs, but kind of what you were speaking to about feeling bored with some of the stories themselves, right? Like they don't, some of them just don't, uh, I, I don't jive with, they don't click with me. Maybe it is that, that kind of that cultural divide where I'm like, I don't really care and, about these and they're not random only white people dealing with the- this
0: situation. Yeah. <laughs> And the stories are also pretty convoluted um, in his movies. Mm. They're not, like, and that's that's why this movie really stands apart for me, is it's so simple. There's almost not a plot. It's just like, we're going to do this heist because uh, heists are cool. Um, so we're going to do that. And then they separate, and there's a little love story. And then it's like, oh, now he's actually, he's living out his dream and doing heists. So I I love my friend, and I want to be there with him, and I'm going to do this heist with him. And that's it. That's the entire story. There's almost nothing there. And I don't know how much of that is because it was his first movie. How much of that is a monetary uh, thing where it's like, well, we don't have a lot of options so we can't have this big, broad plot. Um, But even when you get to his next movie, to Rushmore, Tenet Bombs, it gets a lot broader. There's a lot more going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, if Wes Anderson was a broke boy, as Twitter would say, Mm. he would probably turn
0: out better films. I mean, I I no I don't even disagree because like this to me although not his best movie is his most charming to me like I'm just watching it and there's not there's not a single character of our main characters that I'm like man I don't like this guy I don't I don't want to follow him around like they all you know they all seem like nice harmless white boys except like, for the
1: brother right well and even, yeah, that's what it is. I love yeah,
0: I just mean I, in terms of our lead characters, sure. are kind of three guys on the heist. Like even the guy who leaves them without a car, you get why he did it. Like sure. you know, he's gotta he's gotta look out for his brother. And, and, he's well, honorable.
1: He's very, it's very similar to like Luke Wilson's predicament where it's like, Oh, this guy's a jackass half the time, but he's my jackass. The yes. brother's the same way. He's like, This guy beats on me all the time, but he's my brother, and he's always been my brother but I was got, I was mentioning him because even the moments that this side character is in this film, like I enjoy it, right? I I enjoy when he rolls up uh, in the Jeep with his douchey friend and they're mocking them. And there is a certain relatability because everyone is with pretty much every character in this film. You know, someone like that, right? Yes, like you, yes. like with Luke Wilson, you know, this, you know, someone who would fall madly in love and become a hopeless romantic obsessed with this one particular person that they've just met. Um you know someone like the Owen Wilson uh where they have a lot of crazy ideas but you kind of go with the flow cuz they're your guy. Right. We've all been there and so there's that relatability but there's also a certain level of intimacy. And the intimacy again could be because this is your first film because it is so stripped down. But I think that's also an element to a lot of directors first works. Right, yeah. because it's it's like this may be my one opportunity. So this is something I'm putting like my, not to sound cliche, but my heart and soul yep. into this project to kind of just force this through and make it work. And so there's so much, oftentimes, of them. Of who they are, of of their aspirations. Uh, He probably sees himself in some of these characters to to some extent. You can tell, right? Guaranteed.
0: And, you know, we talked a little bit about how simple it is. And to kind of hammer that home for me was the very end of the movie, right? When they go, not the last shot or anything, but when they go to visit him in jail, right? And there, and you mentioned the brother and there is, there's a line in there where it's like, you know, actually all this bad stuff happening brought us closer together. And he, you know, my brother said to me, you know, you may be a fuck up, but still my brother. (laughs) And, and it's like the way the line reading and he continues it later by saying like, you know, he he doesn't usually open up like that. That was really nice, but it is. And it is, I think that is the thesis of this movie about all these characters. They're Mm. all fuck ups. In one way or another, absolutely every one of them. The smartest character is probably, uh, you know, uh, Luke Wilson's niece. Like, who's just like, what is what is wrong with you idiots? Like, there's a there's a great line that she has that I knew you Was he it would his love. sister?
1: Is it his, that he goes to see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, his, yeah sister? his sister? Yeah. His
0: sister, yeah. And there's a line that I was just like, oh, Derek's going to love this. This little girl saying this to this, this middle-class white boy. Like, you've never worked a day in your life. What could you possibly be exhausted about? (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's about right. But all of these guys, like, their interrelationships, like, they're all fuck-ups, but they all care about one another. So they all forgive one another because they all have their gigantic faults. But they do see each other kind of like brothers. Like, their relationship is very sibling-like, even though they're, they're buddies. It's still that same kind of relationship. And I like that the movie wraps up in that way and also wraps up in this way of, you know, like kind of getting one over on him at the Mm. end there where it's like, ah, I got this plan because he's playing into his his bit and then just kind of, and that's what I meant by like that glint in his eye kind of all the time, like kind of looks over at him and that kind of half smile, like, yeah, gotcha. Like, it's a really nice, sweet ending that still stays true to all these characters.
1: Well, it stays true because you get the sense that they would have rode with him like, ha- like there's that, yeah, l- there's that, that of like,
0: hesitation. Like, yeah. Oh God, how do we? Okay, um it's like how do we you're do
1: this next to someone, and you're like, race you to the car, which I, I wouldn't do now, but when you're I was like a teenager, old. and it's like race you to the car, and you wait to, for someone to kind of get into their, you know, their stance. You're waiting to say, are you serious about this? Because I'm not going to lose. Yeah, that he looks at them like that, and they're like, oh no like it's not over here we go what kind of crazy objects does right? you know our friend have us you know set up for it now that is their relationship all right. And it, you know, you could play this for 20 years from now. And if Luke Wilson's character is married to then she's probably annoyed as hell. Uh, oh, yeah. That they're still yes. friends because she knows that that's that one friend that will always still get him into trouble and that he may eschew his responsibilities with the yes. kids to go do something silly with that dingham, uh, that you've, you've been friends with since, since childhood. Uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, I think you and a fellow podcaster slash friend of ours, Mike, um, you you guys, I think we're recording recently, uh, not too long ago, and he was probably talking about everybody wants some or, uh, or one of those other like, some buddy fucking films. hangout movie, some yep. hangout movie, and you could make the argument that that's that this is a coming of age slash hangout movie oh, as much as it is anything yeah. else, yeah, right? Like yeah. this is this is a a real pure. Uh, Hangout movie. Even with the high stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe in our friend group we didn't go to those extremes, but we all had those friendships in which we were doing silly things, right? Uh, or you're just like along
0: person. for the ride. Okay, I guess we're yeah. rolling this way because
1: <laughs> out of you, boredom, you know. out of exhaustion, out of whatever, and then and out the of, of. and
0: I think also out of loyalty. Like yes. it's just like, okay, well, yeah, he's making a horrible mistake and he's probably doing something stupid, but I can't let him do this alone. Like just because he might die if I let them do this alone and I can't live with my conscience uh, knowing that I didn't do anything and I didn't back him up, you know. And to kind of wrap things up, I now that I'm thinking about this movie more as we're talking about it, I think this might be it might be his most human movie. Like it's strange to say in a movie like this, but that these are his characters that are the most real um, that, like, have some relation to actual humans. Whereas, like, and I like some of his movies, but they're very stylized. Um, and this is not, like, this And is,
1: overly eccentric
0: characters. Yeah. You and can you mentioned mention everybody wants them. This, like, if you told me this was a Linklater movie, I'd totally believe it. Like this feels like it is, you know, it's filmed in Texas. It's got that same right. energy to it. It's maybe not as "quote unquote" cool as Linklater characters are. Like if you look at Days and Confused, and everybody wants some. There's a certain cool cachet that Linklater brings sure. to the to these characters, and I think Anderson is very comfortable with like none of these characters being particularly cool. Like they are all fuck ups, right? But they're trying their best, and there's a certain honor to that. Like it's like watch this, just kind of like. Even though all of you are making terrible mistakes, I'm still somehow, against all odds, rooting for every one of you. Like, even though you're becoming criminals, I'm still Absolutely. like, you know what? Let, 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 let the dummies get, get, get away with one here. Like, it's fine. You know? And it's like, let let James Conn pretend to know karate. Like, this is all, this is all fine. <laughs> He'll fuck you up, Dave. You see what he I did? Mean, look, both of those things can be true. <laughs> James Codd probably still, <laughs> still. could walk me up, but I do not think that he knows. Just
1: wrap his cane around your neck. That's right. That's Whatever right. he does now, you're right. It's uh, I know we're about out of top, but it, it is it is a particular film in which there isn't coolness because uh, they're they're not cool characters, right? Like they no. again, we're talking about relatability. We knew you know probably growing up, you know guys that may have, and really it's Owen Wilson's character more so than anybody else that. Even his ego is really thinly veiled, right? Mm-hmm. Like we know that in reality, he knows he's kind of a a geek, he's kind a of a sensitive nerd.
0: boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's
1: exactly that. That you know, he, he gets made fun of about his his little yellow jumpsuit, and <laughs> you know, Luke Wilson's basically like, "No, man, that's super cool, dude. Let me get one of those too," <laughs> because he knows, like, okay, really, we're sensitive, um, and really, we want to just we want to have friends. Right? Like we, we just want to have friends and we may tell people that we've done some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff, but really we don't even know how to hold a gun. Right. 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 That's, yeah. that's the whole idea. They're, they're, they're really uh, early adults who biologically, but they're kids. Right. They are, right. they are children. Um, and, right. and they think they're probably older than what they are. And that's something I think we can all still relate to. Um, in, in, you know, when we look back at our youth as well. So
0: definitely. And it, I think the last thing I wanted to mention, you mentioned, like, you know, that none of these guys are cool. And there's there's a moment at the very beginning of the movie where it could have gone a different route, right? Because you have the very beginning, him, quote, unquote, escaping from the asylum um, because, you know, he's doing this for his buddy. Like, well, he's really uh, – he really wants me to escape and he thinks this is real, so I'm just going to climb out this window. And at that point, you're like, okay, this is the cool character. This yes, is the one. But then you, then after he falls in love, you're like, oh no, you're a doofus just like the rest. <laughs> you have you've got blinded by love. Yeah, and you who idiots. among us, who among us has has not? That's all very relatable. I think every human being who's ever been in a new relationship has that moment of like, just like, oh my god, only this person. That's the only person I want to talk to. So it's nice that the quote unquote the coolest of these characters, which is not saying much. Is the one that falls head over heels, and I think I think it really makes the movie work. Except he, no, no shock to any of
1: us. Expected her to, to learn English, and he's happier than a pig in shit about that. Doesn't yep. learn, yeah, doesn't learn a stitch Spanish, of Spanish though, does he?
0: Yep, nope. That's just like a white man. That is what we do. That is that is. He's true. like
1: Hector. Translate for me, and you yeah, love of my you, life. Learn some Rocky, words over yeah. here,
0: <laughs> and then of course you know it is a moment that I. It's sweet and endearing, but also I kind of don't like. That like when he calls her, she's speaking perfect English, and he's like, "Oh, you did really well. Good job, little one." Wait, her wait, accent's wait, almost gone. Like, <laughs> ah, I don't like that. That's not great. Uh, but yeah, but it is. Uh, I don't know that I'll go back and watch this over and over again. But like, if if I walked into the room and someone was watching this, or as if I was flipping through the channels and this was on the TV, I would absolutely stay with it. Be like, "Oh yeah, I remember this. This is comfortable. This is nice." I think nice like if you movie. saw it in. 1996, 7, eight, nine,
1: 2000, it would be one of those that you probably would have revisited oh, yeah. a like handful I, of times.
0: I am kind of grateful that I did not see this in 96, because I would have been one of those obnoxious people who bought it and was watching it all the time and had the dialogue memorized. Like, no one needs that. No one... I waited for you know I I did that with Reservoir Dogs I you know a little bit cooler than Wes Anderson I went Quentin Tarantino so of course I think that was a smart choice that was because you like to throw out explanations. I, I was time. waiting, I, not was waiting. This I was movie waiting I was for you I, I thought I thought you were going to come at movies and be like oh, you just like using the n word because uh, Quentin certainly has habitually habitually done that uh, but yeah good movie Derek good choice and also good job Dave for putting this on your list well done there you go well done it's a great movie.
1: Yeah, so it's your is it your turn to pick? It is. I think it is.
0: And because I am a goddamn professional, I am ready. Oh no. I am ready. Even though a little behind the scenes we are recording this out of order because Derek can't be bothered. I don't know why we have to 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 watch watch Art Bells.
1: So (laughs) (laughs) See this is why we don't have that same friendship as Luke and Owen Wilson, because they would never talk the other person like this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They wouldn't. I'm I'm not that nice. I mean Owen didn't
1: say that they were with him. You yep. know, on the
0: heist. But here you are. Just... That's right. I will sell you out in a second. Don't go to heist with me. <laughs> You're coming to jail with me, son. We are I, not... am, in, I am in jail. <laughs> it's called your
1: list, my command.
0: <laughs> Look, you put yourself here. You asked for oh, this.
1: Here we go. Victim blaming again. That's,
0: that's right. That's right. All right. At so, Darn That Dave. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Come at me. Come at me. Just what I need. We're talking about fucking Twitter. God bless. All right. So movie that we're going to choose. I'm once again going to be selfish, and I'm going to pick a movie that I hmm. own and that I have not seen yet, so it'll give me an excuse to watch it, just like Mirror, uh, if we ever release that episode, if Derek actually watches it. Coming um, soon. We are <laughs> coming soon-ish. Um, we're going to watch a Japanese film, a Japanese comedy horror film called oh. called House. House, um, okay. house in Japanese, but House known so here, cultured. so Yeah, that's so right cultured. I, unlike, uh, unlike Wes Anderson characters Will Dane to wrap my tongue around a different language Unlike, unlike Luke Wilson We
1: call it house down here uh, <laughs>
0: House! <laughs>
1: Dave calls it house there or wherever <laughs> When he's talking to his friends out in California
0: <laughs> That's right, California? Yeah, that's California, uh, San Fran or whatever The place <laughs> with the bridges yeah, um, yeah,
1: it's true you know, this is the, one of the, I think one of the few, maybe the only, I can't remember, uh, films that are on both of our lists. So, yeah. So, except yeah, Pat for, for you and I.
0: I think there might be two, but this is one of them for sure. So, so yeah. And then, um, just to tease a little bit, after this next series of episodes, you and I are going to have a special episode. Um, so, we won't tell you what that is yet. Uh, but both Derek and I are very excited about this. Maybe we're excited about anything else than we've done on this podcast. <laughs> I do have a question
1: for you actually. Right. I won't give away what film this is. Uh you know, for our listeners who are waiting waiting with bated breath. Oh but, yes, I'm sure. Uh, oh God, tell us, this, tell us, Derek. <laughs> this might be the one to bring in a guest. Uh the one uh, I'd mentioned earlier, the Mike Dennison, who well, has refused to see this film.
0: I mean, that's an idea, but he is also <laughs>
1: He is Make also, sure that this makes the cut, Dave. Uh, you well, say, I don't want him anywhere near our podcast.
0: No, no, He has already inserted himself in a future episode, if you remember.
1: How wide to film. Yeah, there's
0: a, there's an episode coming up later in the podcast where he was like, I just want to be on for that episode. So, I don't know if I want that guy on here twice. That oh, seems, no. I mean, Mike Denniston, t- that's a lot, isn't it?
1: Yes, I we mean, hear from him enough.
0: Yeah, you're boy, out. let's boy, cancel him. Yeah, you're out. You're out, Denniston. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> All right. So um, follow us at Your List Pod. Follow Derek at Day Stew. Bother him. Tag him so he's on Twitter more. So he's in the hell of that. I am a hell of Mother, creation.
1: Every other month.
0: That's right. And yeah. follow me at Darn That Dave. And the next time we talk to you, we will be watching Houseu, or as Derek calls it, House. <laughs>
1: Uh, your way of bringing your weekend is having you know, yeah, an experience I, with me I
0: mean I like uh. to I like to start off small um, and then get better <laughs> it's like oh so it's like you and then sleep that's that's
1: <laughs> it that's the ranking huh? that's right okay. but
0: look being below sleep is that is not an insult I am I'm a fan I'm of sure you sleep. can
1: sandwich a couple things in there of importance along yeah. the way
0: yeah. I mean, is there, is there anything more important than you, Derek, really? That's right. That, I mean, my my, exactly. girlfriend, my girlfriend's out of town, so, like, I mean, what the fuck else?
1: Oh, oh, so that's why we're recording. I yes, see. Yes, yes, Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's un- unbelievable. I knew well, this would happen. Well, it's like, I. Our- the face of the map.